Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Welcome traders to the specs attack. Definitely, definitely you made it. You made it. So welcome to the show. We're going to talk all about warrants today. So if you want to stick around and learn about some warrants, these are definitely high volatile vehicles. But hey, if you want to go ahead and make some big returns and also increase that risk because it's going to come with it, stick around. We're going to talk warrants. Chris has some great ones that are under a dollar. So definitely smash the like and let's get SPACs attack. Tired of getting left behind on winning trades? Join Benzinga's free masterclass on July 24th to learn how to spot breakout trades before they skyrocket. Featuring live interactive lessons on how to trade meme stocks, read charts, identify trends, and so much more. To register for free, go to events.benzinga.com. You, 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 out there with my man Chris in the house. What's going on, brother? How are we doing today? Hey, you got to enjoy it, man. Hey, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some, and sometimes you just want to go hiding, Chris. So today's maybe one of those days that I'd go hiding, but I'm not hiding. I'm here for you guys out there. Let's go ahead. Let's enjoy the market. Let's talk a little bit about some stocks. Let's get into some headlines. Let's get into what you want to talk a lot about, Chris, is some warrants. So definitely we're going to save a lot of time for that. Let us know in the chat if you guys like warrants by hitting that like button. What's going on, guys? Have you guys ever traded warrants? Let us know in the chat. All right, Chris. So how was your day yesterday? Yeah, you know, it was good. Um, Obviously, you know, I would have loved to see our boy Otani win the home run derby last night. But that pressure, that pressure in the first round, that that swing off the new all-star home run derby format. But I had a fun time watching it. Uh, The kids even watched a couple of the first rounds with me. And, you know, what's more exciting in baseball than than home runs, right? You know, especially for little kids, you know, that gets them interested. So we enjoyed it. So but but back at it today, guys, smash the like. We're not hiding, even though it's not a great day in the market. Um, But yeah, we're going to talk headlines. We got two deals announced today, Mitch. also want to dive into warrants, right? We had our, our friend SPAC warrants on the show a couple weeks ago. He kind of dove into what warrants were all about and the risk reward. And I, I want to bring some ideas. We've got some SPACs under a dollar that haven't announced deals yet. Um, you know, a high risk, high reward trade uh, option. And then Mitch, I teased it a while ago. There's still that former SPAC that actually owns part of a a NBA team. And and I haven't even gotten into that yet. So maybe we'll Mm. dive into that at the end if we have time with the NBA finals going on. So, but we can get started with some headlines here. Take this back, brother. All right, guys. Yeah, so not a ton of actual headlines today, um, you know, but again, those two deals we'll dive into. But up first, uh, ASPL, that's the SPAC merging with Wheels Up. Merger was approved. We'll trade as ticker UP as in up next week. Uh, you know, a nice, uh, you know, stock symbol there. 56% of shares were redeemed. Uh, again, we're seeing high redemption uh, of a lot of these SPACs that are trading under $10 going into the merger vote. Um, you know, look like the the arbitrage trade is alive and well. People taking their profits right at that redemption. So keep an eye out. ASPL uh, changing over to UP. It will have a smaller float and also less money, uh, you know, moving forward for their growth plans. Then we have RAAC merging with Berkshire Gray company announced updated backlog, $95 million, was $70 million. So a a nice increase there. Uh, You know, this has been uh, an interesting one to watch, Revolution Acceleration. It's trading close to the $10 level, um, but we'll see if this uh, news in the backlog can uh, help boost shares. And we have Virgin Galactic, which we'll uh, get to with our watch list. But uh, interesting note here. Uh, I had an article out yesterday. So uh, if you saw the news on Sunday that Elon Musk was actually present at Spaceport in New Mexico to watch his friend Sir Richard Branson go to space, uh, Richard Branson has now confirmed to the UK papers 
that Elon Musk has reserved a ticket with Virgin Galactic. So he put down a $10,000 reservation and he is planning to go to space, paying the $200,000 to $250,000 in the near future with Virgin Galactic. That's a pretty big deal because SpaceX, you know, may end up being a competitor for, uh, you know, space transportation, tourism, but also, you know, must supporting, you know, uh, Virgin Galactic here over Blue Origin, which there is some uh, history between Musk and Bezos not getting along. But that's a, a positive catalyst. Uh, can you imagine the fanfare of when Elon Musk goes to space on Virgin Galactic uh, spaceship? I mean, that, that could be a future catalyst. So keep that in mind. But again, we'll get into space here in a minute. Then some earnings to note, we have uh, Nikola NKLA reporting second quarter earnings on August 2nd. Genius Sports, G-E-N-I, reporting second quarter on September 8th. And DraftKings uh, reporting second quarter on August 6th. Uh, our movers yesterday, we had the deal announcement. LCAP shares up 1.5%. ACEV down 0.8% after calling off their merger. And then, of course, our big loser was SPCE, Virgin Galactic, uh, falling 17% on that share offering. We do have a rumor out there, FP, FRW, uh, rumored with Policy Genius, which is an insurance company, um, that rumor coming from Bloomberg. And then two new deals to, to get to today. So up first, we have one in the, the solar sector which I know Mitch has been talking about, you know, for a while here. So uh, a, another solar stock going public. We have Altus Power uh, announcing a SPAC with CBRE acquisitions, ticker CBAH. It's a SPAC from CBRE Group, which is one of the leading commercial real estate companies. So valued at $900 million pre-money equity value, $275 million pipe includes investments from CBRE and Blackstone. Uh, you know, this is a peer play ESG company. They're working with uh, companies to improve clean energy. They also provide solar power, energy storage solutions. So energy consumption data, battery storage, electric vehicle charging, uh, operations from Vermont to Hawaii, 410 megawatts of solar power in its portfolio, a pipeline of 900 megawatts of solar power. And CBRE, the world's largest commercial real estate services company, serve, serving 90 of the Fortune 100 companies, 7 billion square feet of commercial real estate. So this deal expected to help Altus you know, reach new customers and expand its operations. Altus forecasting revenue to grow at a compounded annual growth rate of 66% from fiscal 2020 to fiscal 2024. Revenue of 45 million in 2020, 74 million in 2021, and 134 million in 2022. Positive EBITDA already. So again, a company with real revenue, real earnings. Shares were up about 2% earlier today. Then our second deal, we have IVAN. So this is Ivanhoe Capital Acquisition Corp. Announcing a SPAC merger with uh, SES, a pre-production lithium battery supplier. Uh, this will create the first publicly traded hybrid lithium metal battery supplier that can manufacture at scale and has high energy uh, density. So the pipe on this deal is one of the big keys here. So $200 million pipe investments from General Motors, Hyundai, Geely Holding Group, SAIC Motor, Kia Corporation, LG Technology, Foxconn, Fidelity, and Franklin Templeton. So some large automotive companies, uh, you know, getting on board in the pipe. General Motors actually was a early investor dating back to 2015 and again investing along in the pipe. Uh, current shareholders will own 8.4% of the company after the merger. SES is a spin-out from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. They have battery prototype facilities in the U.S. and China. Uh, again, pre-revenue here, they're working on a higher energy density and proven manufacturing capabilities uh, to help the EV market going forward. They said that their batteries can charge to 80% in less than 15 minutes. 
joint development agreements with several of those auto companies, General Motors, Hyundai, and Kia. Uh, going public expected to help fund their commercialization phase beginning in 2025. So revenue of half a billion dollars in fiscal 2025 and hitting positive EBITDA in fiscal 2026. And they estimate by 2028 revenue of $7 billion and a 5% market share. And then again, this week, we do have you know more mergers coming. So a couple votes today couple votes tomorrow and then rounding out the rest of this week we have votes you know for cellularity evolved technology highs on motors and op fi so an exciting week you know that's what i've got for headlines mitch how about the fact that we're going to get DraftKings earnings in august and genius sports in september right in kind of that beginning of the nfl season i think that if you're a sports betting company I think that's a good time to maybe report your past earnings and preview what's ahead, right? If, you know, you're getting into the NFL season. So I think that's that's Genie up real nice here to, to not only, you know, report earnings, but also kind of highlight and, you know, preface the NFL season. Yeah, I think it's just the beginning. But let's go ahead. Let's get into a little bit of before we get into the warrants. I wanted to touch some of the our SPAC merger vote calendar here. So, of course, you know, we got some other ones coming in into the later week. Which one of these are standing out to you, Chris? Do you want to talk to you about these? You know, I actually saw there was a move and some interest uh, from retail traders in uh, Summer Infant this week, S-U-M-R, which is a, Mm. you know, a baby care company. So to me, I see Summer moving and I immediately then think Owlette right there in the middle of that chart. Uh, SBG SBG right now. So we, of course, know from having them on the show, you know, they have the smart sock monitor, they have smart monitors, they're they're growing. And again, people are willing to spend money for that peace of mind, knowing that their kids are safe and that they have the best technology. And I think that was part of the thesis with these retail traders getting into summer infants. So I actually think Owlette is set up pretty nice going into next week. What do you think of that match? Yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'm going to keep watching it. Right now it's on the big pullback, so we'll see if this one kind of holds down here. But it's really an interesting stock. I mean, you and I both think, I think, the that in the long run, regardless of of whether what is going to happen in SPACs, I think Owlette is, is a long-term winner just because what they're going into – what they can provide and who their competition really is. And so with that being said, I think they just definitely have an advantage, not only in in their products, but also the data that they're willing to hold. And in the long run, I mean, we all know pandemic babies after that kind of, Oh yeah, that's coming. It's coming. Um, You know, and, and one of that, one of that being said, I mean, I think, through the pandemic, we kind of realized that we want to be worrying more and more about monitoring health and especially, let's say, um, like oxygen levels and, and things like that. So I think this is going to be a, a transition that you see in the long run, digital transition, outlet, long term. I'm going to see if it gets them down towards closer towards nine and then I'll be looking to dip my toes into that one. Yeah, and then the the other one that stands out is Hillman, uh, which is LCY right now. Um, you know, so that merger is to today. Um, I think that they actually announced that they they did get approved and that there were no redemptions because shares are trading at twelve dollars. So of course, there's not much incentive, you know, to trade a twelve dollars stock in for net asset value of ten dollars plus interest. But that's the company that does, you know, uh, uh, hardware, right? Fasteners, um, you know, PPE protection equipment. They're big in Home Depot and Lowe's. And you look at the run that like Fastenals had over the past couple of years, right? It's not a sexy business, but they make products that people need. And I think that's one that's going to get a lot of love from analysts because they have real revenue. They've got great margins and those key partnerships with Home Depot and Lowe's. Definitely something to keep on watch. We'll definitely keep going through this, guys, and we'll be putting this out 
we'll, we'll try to do this on i'll try to get this out in in the early weekend so that you guys can really be looking forward towards it you know we had that july show so if you missed that show definitely check out that one that's that goes through the whole calendar and we went slowly through each step and the dates so definitely check out that show if you missed it it was Looks just like this. Top SPACs for July of 2021. So definitely check out that one. And let's get into some of our watch lists and warrants, Chris. Um, first things first, I think in, instead of looking at the watch list, how about you explain a little bit more into warrants, why you think they're a vehicle that could be used, and also how are they used in SPAC trading? Yeah, so uh, SPAC warrants, right, are our typical play here. Normally, when a SPAC goes public, the public offering, you get the units. And each unit includes a common share and a portion of a warrant. And, and that was done as an incentivization for, you know, investors to invest in the SPAC at the offering. It also provides funding for the company later on. Those warrants are usually at a, a price point of $11.50, and the company can call those warrants later on, and then it provides some additional funding for them. It, you know, And again, shareholders can benefit along the way. The, the thing I, of course, have to caution here with warrants, and, and again, we had SPAC warrants on to really break down the, the thesis here, they are high risk, high reward. The, the thing is, you know, with warrants, it, it's similar to an option. You can lose all your money, right? Whereas if you're investing in a common stock, it's less likely that those shares are going to go all the way down to zero. Usually, you know, you have several outs, um, you know, uh, unless if a company completely goes bankrupt. But with warrants, there's several ways where you can lose big. You know, if the company doesn't find a deal and they decide to liquidate, those warrants are actually worthless, whereas people who own the common SPAC shares are, are going to get the net asset value paid out. Warrants also experience, you know, double-digit moves, both up and down. Uh, they're more volatile based on the, that pricing action of the common shares. Now, what really excites me about warrants right now is they're the ones that are moving big on deal announcements and rumors. So some recent examples, we have GGPI, uh, which has a rumor with Polestar, an EV company. So GGPI warrants were up 113% when that rumor came out, whereas you saw common shares go from a little under 10 to, I mean, they hit. Uh, it looks like uh, there was a, a candle to 12, but really hit like $11. So basically like a, a 10 to 20% move versus a 100% move for the warrants. So you can see, you know, the, the better return from the warrants. But again, you have to really watch and, and know what you own here because the big move was made when that rumor came out and you could have locked in a nice gain before the warrants came down a little bit. Um, we had two deals announced today. So as I said, you know, uh, IVAN and CBAH. So one of them's actually down today, the other one up about 2%. Now, Ivan warrants are up 29% and CBAH warrants are up 40%. So again, you can see the difference in, in those deal announcements. So again, you know, I caution everyone, this is a high risk, high reward trade. You know, so if you're not familiar with warrants, you may want to, you know, practice trade this or, or really, you know, uh, take your time to, to do your due diligence. So what I did, I've got 10 SPAC warrants all trading under a dollar that have not announced deals or have rumors. So I know people dropped some in the chat um, and posted on Twitter, you know, ones that have already announced deals or have rumors that are under a dollar. For today, we're going to list ones that don't have a deal or a rumor. So up first, I have uh, Puck, P-U-C-K-W. That's Goal Acquisitions. Uh, you've heard me talk about this one before. Um, $250 million, warrants trading at $0.68. Cents. They're targeting sports teams or media. They're, they're led by Harvey Schiller. He's the former executive director of the U.S. Olympic Committee and also worked for the Yankees Net. They also have uh, a former chairman and CEO of AOL, and he was a director of AMC Networks. And then also the, the big thing for me that I've always liked about Puck 
is that David Falk, a longtime agent who also represented Michael Jordan, he is a board member on this SPAC. Uh, it shouldn't come as any surprise. Anyone who's watched the show knows that I, I love these SPAC uh, it, that are related to sports because there's a lot of ways to play, right? Sports betting, sports team ownership, sports media. So here you have Puck W trading at $0.68. Cents. Um, I am long these warrants and also the common shares. I actually have owned Puck dating back to the units. And we have BLTSW. This is Bright Lights. Uh, warrants trading at $0.86 cents, uh, have around $230 million for a deal. This is one I've talked about uh, before. So they have leaders that worked with companies like Dick Clark Productions, MGM, TV Guide Network, Six Flags, News Corp, and Walt Disney Company. They're looking at consumer products, media, entertainment, and the sports sectors. They also help sell Aviation Gin, uh, a brand from Ryan Reynolds to Diageo. Um, you know, so they have some strong connections. Uh, Sierra, the Grammy-winning musician, and Russell Wilson's wife is also a member of the board of directors. So a little bit of the celebrity angle there too. This is one I've liked for a while. Um, you know, so the warrants again trading at eighty-six cents. Then we have Bitew Byte Acquisition Court warrants trading at sixty-nine cents, two hundred million dollars targeting North American restaurants. This one's led by Julia Stewart. She's the former CEO of IHOP and Dine Brands. There's a lot of restaurants out there still that are privately traded. I, I really thought we'd see some go public by now. You know, of course, there's rumors always of your 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 Chick-fil-A, your, your five guys, um, you know, some of these regional, you know, trendy restaurants that could really, you know, benefit from going public and expanding nationwide. So, you know, it's definitely one um, that, that I'm looking at here um, in the restaurant sector. And you have AGACW. This is targeting uh, gold or mining. This is gold mining, African gold acquisition, 64 cents, 400 million. Um, I think the mining sector, right, is hot. And, and it doesn't just mean mining for gold. We also see precious metals, right? We saw MP materials go public via SPAC. And I think we could see some more, you know, lithium and, you know, new uh, mineral mining companies go public. And this one, based on the $400 million in the trust, I think it's a good deal. And we have LJAQW, Light Jump Acquisition, 79 cent warrants, targeting technology and SaaS software as a service. It's a smaller one, $138 million, but it's led by James Keyes, the former CEO of 7-Eleven and Blockbuster. Obviously, Blockbuster not around anymore, but that's a company that, you know, was around for years with strong brand recognition. And, and you know, 7-Eleven, uh, again, great brand recognition. So I think they get a good deal. And, you know, again, warrants can spike on strong deal announcements. Then we have uh, Dune Acquisition, D-U-N-E-W, 82 cent warrants. This is another company targeting SaaS, software as a service, and technology. $173 million in trust. I, I like these SaaS plays. You know, the, the companies that are in the, the software and the tech uh, field that have gone public, traditional IPO have fared well. I, I think we start to see some also go public, the, the SPAC route. Um, so another one to keep on watch here. And we have DNZ Media Acquisition, DNZW, um, 89 cents, targeting media and ed tech, led by Le Betty Liu, the former vice chair of the New York Stock Exchange. Also have Brian Grazer, a film and TV producer, and Daniel Rosenweg, the CEO of Chegg, on board here. Um, this is one I've liked for a while. Uh, you know, I'm surprised to see the warrants trading under a dollar. Um, another one to keep on watch here. And we have Class Acceleration Corp. This is CLASW, 90 cent warrants. So this SPAC's led by Michael Moe, who also leads uh, Suro Capital, which is publicly traded as SSSS, formerly GSV Capital. Now, GSV Capital was an early investor in Twitter, Facebook, Palantir, Coursera, and, and Nextdoor, um, allowing public shareholders access to some of those pre-IPO companies. 
So I really like Michael Moe and, you know, he, he's got great investments through GSV in the ed tech sector. So I, I really like this, this SPAC here. And we have BTAQW, Burgundy Tech Acquisition, um, 94 cent warrants. I actually own the common shares of BTAQ right now, targeting technology in Europe, Israel, or the U.S., led by Leo Apotheker, the former CEO of HP, $346 million. This is one I've mentioned many times on the show. I really think they go after an Israeli company where we're seeing a lot of companies from that region go public via SPAC. And, and I think they get a, a good deal done there. And I got to tell you something, Chris. What's that? You're too late already, man. Already over a dollar. Oh, right now. Right Went now. Went to 116 today. Oh, oh I hate that. <laughs> Look at that volume. What is this BTAQ? Yeah. Oh, are we going to see a deal finally? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe oh, you're on, man. Maybe you're on top of it, my friend. Maybe you're on top of it. <laughs> of course, when I mention it today. All right. Well, uh, I guess scratch that one, guys. It's not under a dollar, but still definitely one to look at because we could see a, a deal um, you know, coming soon. And then the last one I'll highlight here. I-S-L-E-W, Isleworth Healthcare Acquisition, 75 cents, targeting biopharma, medtech, and healthcare innovation in North America, Europe, or Asia. I, I usually tend to shy away from these biotech deals, but I actually like the, the team that they have, um, you know, established with this SPAC. Uh, you know, even though he doesn't jump out as a name in bio, you have Alan Weiss, who was the president of Disney's Walt Disney Parks and Resorts from 1994 to 2011, leading the SPAC. And he's brought along some experienced people in the medical field, including Michelle McKenna, who has experience in mergers and acquisitions. And she also worked with the NFL on COVID-19 contract tracing, testing, and reporting across the league. So I think she knows what she's doing when it comes to uh, medical. So keep an eye out on this one. Mitch, that's my 10. I, of course, got to respond to some of these uh, questions in the chat. I, I did not preface that. Warrants, guys, you cannot buy SPAC warrants on every broker out there. Um, you know, I, I use Fidelity. I know TD Ameritrade, you know, all the big ones do them. But you cannot buy SPAC warrants on, you know, your Robin Hood or your Weebles, some of the the newer uh, you know uh, apps for retail traders. So uh, you know, I, I will say that that if you don't have an account with one of the bigger uh, brokers, uh, you know, again, you might be left out of the warrant trade too. But what do you think, Mitch? Those, those are my ten, uh, or I guess nine, if we're counting BTAQ over a dollar now. Um, but again. High risk, high reward. We're seeing these SPAC warrants jump on rumors and deals. I just think it's another way to play the, the SPAC trade here. Um, you know, it really is where the, the gains seem to be coming on these deals, these rumors. And again, I think it's a, a, it's a long-term and short-term trade, right? You hold the warrants until they announce a deal or a rumor comes out, and then you can sell to take a profit. I'm not as big of a fan of holding the warrants going into the merger vote or post-merger vote, because then you deal with, you know, the, the calling of the warrants, you deal with the redemption of shares and all that. I, I think that's a, 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 a more discussed talk for, for later on. What do you think, Mitch? Yeah, when you're talking SPAC warrants, I always talk about consider them a day trading vehicle, not necessarily an investing vehicle. Um, but it's to each his own. You know, one of the things that I would say about warrants is it all depends on what you're trying to gain, right? If you, if for some reason, let's say 20% gainers are not good enough for you, which personally, I mean, I think that should be good enough for you, but let, let's just keep going. If 20% gainers are not good enough for you, then this is, this is the kind of vehicle for you. This is the kind of game for you. But just realize that the 40% on the plus side could also mean 40% on the downside. That's all. That's that's what you need to be understanding of these. And it doesn't mean that I wouldn't trade any of these. But if I was trading these, I would be on them all day long. Because you never know when you can get a downturn in a stock like this, especially a stock that's near a dollar. 
let's say a 20 cent move is a massive move, right? And so that's why you need to be paying attention to these, have alerts, that kind of business, scanners, um, and, and it always in a stock like this where it's a, a dollar, you really need to be paying attention to the pennies. Um, I think that's what's important here. Some people, when you start trading at a dollar, they think, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's like big stocks, right? I If I got it at 36 or 35, it's not going to make too much of a difference. No, here it makes a huge difference. 50 cents in the wrong direction can really put you into a world of hurt. So I want to definitely just put that out there. And, and it's just not for everyone. If this is for you, then go ahead and nail it. But I do want to preface that, that if it's not for you, and you're not a person that you can watch trading all day long, then I would definitely recommend staying away from warrants. Just because at the end of the day, I can't watch my trades all day long. And I work in the market, right? And so that's why I try to do more of a swing trade approach where I'm trying to get, let's say, close to the 10. Or if I really want to start getting into these, I'll do what Chris talked about in the past, which is go after the units so that I could have some warrants and some common stock. Then it doesn't seem too bad because I'm at least able to mitigate my risk. Yeah. And that was my favorite way to play these at first. Right. And, and, you know, puck, which I mentioned puck warrants, you know, I bought puck units and and with those units, you got a common share and you actually got a full warrant. So a full warrant with your unit. So, you know, you take puck and you were able to buy, you know, puck units around $10 um, because they really didn't go above that. And then you got, you know, common shares, which now are at 965 and then you got the warrants, you know, that are uh, 65 cents. So, you know, that, that's about 10, 10, 25, 10, 30. So again, you know, a 30% gain just from buying the units, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you keep the warrants, you, you still have the potential for, you know, a big move. Same with the common, right? If they announce a real good deal, you could see a big gain. So you can, you know, split those units, hold the common and the warrants, or you can sell one, keep the other. It's a good way to lower your cost basis, right? Because you're essentially getting the warrants for free with the units. Another one I played was Lego, Legato, L-E-G-O, which announced Algoma Steel. So those were uh, around $10 for the units. And those warrants, actually, I, I sold uh, above a dollar. And the common shares are $10 now. So, I mean, that was that was a nice gain I had just from buying the units. So, you know, another way, and as Mitch said, it might be a, a lower risk play. Soaring Eagle, same thing. Soaring Eagle, SRNG. You know, we have the common shares trading below $10. The warrants actually spiked over $3. And again, you didn't get a full warrant. You got, a, I think, a third of a warrant with the SPAC units. But you were able to capture some gains or lower your cost basis by having both the common and the warrant. So, you know, another angle to play the SPAC trade here. And again, you you have to use certain brokers to buy the units or the warrants, Um Whereas, you know, a lot of the, the brokers, you can buy the common shares at any time. Yeah, like Carl in the chat also reminding us, don't forget there could be fees associated with warrants. Um, so definitely keep that in mind. Also with units, right? I mean. Yeah, and that's why I, and again, you know, I, I'm not I'm not contracted by anyone. I use Fidelity. One of the reasons I use Fidelity is they actually don't charge to split units. Uh, a lot of brokers charge $39 to split your units into common shares and warrants, which if you're trading high volume, $39 one-time fee isn't a lot. But if you're only selling or buying and selling, you know, a couple hundred dollars, $39 eats into your, your margins real quick. So keep that in mind too. Good point there in the chat, Carl, and also Mitch for, you know, calling that out. And same with warrants. There may be fees, um, you know, with those as well. Uh, we're getting a question here from Dan Jones asking if you can buy warrants from the UK. I'm pretty sure if you have access to a U.S. broker, um, you, you more than likely can still get into the warrants. It's not like you're restricted just because you're in the UK. You just have to go into our market. So come on over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on over as, to the market. As and, long as your broker allows it, which there, there's yeah. many there that that do. So again, you know, I'm sure not all brokers in the UK allow trading, but if you find the right one, then absolutely. 
Definitely. Now, one of the things that I have seen, though, in SPAC warrants is that sometimes you are going to get that move that I call the dollar magnet. So whenever we get really close towards that dollar price point, you're going to start seeing interest from investors as they're looking for that pop out over that one dollar now one thing that always happens in day trading this happens in penny stocks all the time is where you get a stock going up to let's say the 90 cent mark then you'll get that breakout through the one dollar the real question is will it hold a dollar on any pullbacks because i think this is always big because a lot of times you'll get the momentum push through that dollar and a lot of traders are actually taking profits through that breakout instead of actually loading back into it. So that's what I always pay attention to in warrants. I'll look at them, see if they get above that $1 mark and hold $1. Because if you don't hold that $1, you can easily just come tumbling right back down through that. Yeah, and, you know, Mitch, I know, you know, you talk all the time on the show, one of those uh, indicators you always look at is volume. I think, you know, as we just saw with BTAQW, uh, volume can be a good indicator, right? So, with, with these SPACs, you know, let, let's face it, right? Unless if it's a huge SPAC, like a CCIV, where, you know, people are buying and selling every day, normally SPACs see heavy volume, you know, when they first go public, mm -hmm. if they have a rumor or a deal announcement. Otherwise, it's just kind of flat, right? So when you get those increasing volume bars in the warrant, it can possibly mean that, you know, if someone got news of a deal or people are just loading the boat because the warrants are cheap. So volume can be an indicator here. And, and Mitch, I like what you said about the, the dollar. I mean, let's face it, we, we did the show today, SPAC warrants under a dollar because that's a that's a great price point. So, you know, you know, a, a SPAC warrant, you know, that trades between 90 cents and a dollar, I think it it does just become a magnet to really try to break the the dollar level and hold it. Yeah, simple simple look is right here. BTAQW, right? It broke out through the $1 right above this line here. And then once we get above, we keep coming back towards it. We go above, back towards it. We go above, back towards it. That just shows you how much that whole dollar price point is very important for us to hold now, now that we broke up through that uh, $1 getting up there towards a high of 116. If the $1 is hold on pullbacks, that shows me that the bulls really have control and that there's not so much selling here that's going to turn the boat around. And so that's what I'd be paying attention to now. Now that we've gotten up there towards 116, we've pulled back towards 101 multiple times. Let's see if it starts pushing back up there towards the 115 and then breaks out through that 116. That's what I'd be looking for. But yes, the whole dollar price point I think is very important because if you come right back up above it, let's say go to 101, 102, 103, and then it comes right back down to 90 cents, those are the ones I'd be concerned about because at the end of the day, they didn't show that strength above $1. All right. What's going on, Chris? Would you want to go ahead and get into some of the watch lists or do you want to add a little bit more talk on, on warrants here? Yeah, you know, I think that's good talk on warrants. Again, I, I know everyone out there wants more coverage of warrants. So we're going to try to do this, you know, uh, uh, during the week's. Um, you know, do a little coverage of warrants. Again, I know they're not for everybody, high risk, high reward, but we always try to bring different trade ideas to the show, right? You know, things Mitch is looking at, things I'm looking at. So I think that'll do it for warrants today. You know, guys, smash the like, press one in the chat if you like talking about warrants and you want more coverage. Press two if you would prefer, you know, us to stick to, to common shares or maybe interviews and not do so much with warrants. But Mitch, let's look at that watch list. You know, I saw a lot of red today mm -hmm. on the watch list. Uh, we can probably start with the green, though. Uh, a couple movers to call out. Uh, I saw Tattooed Chef, right, TTCF, uh, moving up today. And, you know, that shouldn't be a big surprise, right? Because yesterday they announced that their products are going to be in, in Kroger stores, right? So now they have Kroger, they have Target, they have Costco, Sam's Club, you know, it's a plant-based food. Again, I'm no plant-based food expert. I don't eat the products. I know Mitch doesn't either. But Mitch, that's a big deal, getting in additional grocery stores, right, and a big name like Kroger. Um, you know, so I, I'm excited to see, you know, at least the 3% move today by, by Tattooed Chef. The other thing I saw, Clever Leaves, CLVR, and Weed Maps, M-A-P-S, trading green today. Mitch, I saw a rumor that we could be getting closer to federal legalization. I know that gets mentioned all the time, 
but it looks like there's some rumors that Chuck Schumer is working on a bill for Congress. What do you, what do you think? Are, are we getting closer or is this just smoke? It's uh, cannabis smoke. So <laughs> it, it's just getting burned up, you know. Uh, maybe Shemire Sh- uh, rolled one up on the weekend and he's like, yeah, let's get this rolling. But um, who knows? To tell you the truth, what I'll tell you guys is that I think right now you always got to think about what are the present issues. For me right now, the present issue is not legalizing cannabis, unfortunately. Um, reason why is that state by state, it's already being done, right? I mean, and with that being said, there's a lot of states that are already legal. And in those states, you're not seeing like kind of a push towards federal legalization. They just don't even care. They're like, we already got it. I can go to the corner, forget the feds. So I think that with that being said, the present issue right now is still the pandemic. That's what the president's focusing on. That's what Congress should be focusing on and getting us forward and out of the pandemic. Now, with that being said, we're going to need some money, right? We've been spending some money, right? We need some tax money. So I'm looking for a big, big 2022 for cannabis. I think this would make sense, us moving past through the pandemic, moving into some other ways to create revenue. And with that being said, I think you don't get legalization, but decriminalization. This alone can go ahead and start making some regulation changes in the exchanges, which in the long run, I think what you're going to start seeing is that it will never probably be federally legal, just federally decriminalized. And at that point, states by states can just go ahead and jump on it the same way it kind of happened in betting, right? Yeah, you know, great, great point that maybe it just stays like like sports betting, right? State to state. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of comments about, about banking in the chat too, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that could be a key step, right? Yep. You know, to make it to where these banks can offer loans to, you know, marijuana companies. Uh, you know, if, if we don't see federal legalization, you know, by next year, I, I wonder if some of these companies like your Clever Leaves, right? When we had Kyle on the show, he really talked about the international territories and said that they wouldn't be pushing in the U.S. until it was federally legalized. If your game plan is a couple of years of that happening, what happens if it doesn't and it stays state by state? Do you change your game plan up and maybe go after some of the the big states? I mean, you know, there, there's money to be made. And if you sit back and wait uh, until federal legalization, do you think you're uh, behind in that area, Mitch? You know, it's it's a lot. You know, one of the things that happened in cannabis is it's been a battle, right? Because at the end of the day, there's just a lot of these bigger companies in there, right? And so I think once you get kind of that deregulation to happen and, and we can really start bringing in some new companies, I'll actually be looking for new companies to come out because there's a lot of these companies that are just up to here in debt. And I don't care what you say, but being up to here in debt is fine. It's fine. But it's one of those those deals where, yeah, you're just trying to survive versus thrive. And I'm going to be looking for thriving companies to come out, companies that want to go ahead and be created through the deregulation process. And because of the deregulation process, they come to the market. Those are the ones that I'm going to be looking for because the ones that we have in the market right now, they're struggling, man. They're struggling in their debt. And, and a lot of that had to do with Canada not being as profitable to cannabis as expected. So with that being said, can you invest in these? Yeah. I I don't think there's a a bad thing in investing in cannabis stocks, just like, you know, maps has technology that eventually could just get bought out. That's what I uh, preferably think about a company like that when it has data like that, or a company, let's say uh, Kern data company in, in cannabis. There's a lot of these companies, but really what we're going to see is how can they go ahead and transition from a deregulation zone where debt became a massive problem? Because at the end of the day, debt is what gets you into trouble. If you keep going in towards that area, you do like, uh, and I don't like to look, talk bad about a company, but let's, we could say mind med, uh, not my mind. Uh, hold on. Look, look, look at me going. I'm going I'm to say this right. So we're, we're talking, uh, Where's Carl? Carl Carl knows this company. He he invested in this company. <laughs> 
I love Carl. Uh, Carl, help me out here. Help me out, Carl. But Chris, do you really think in the long run that with cannabis going into the legal stage, do you think cannabis is going to get more expensive or cheaper? You know, I, I would think it would get cheaper. The, the other thing here, Mitch, is a lot of these companies can't trade on big exchanges due to rules over uh, cannabis companies as well, right? So you see a lot of them trade OTC. And some of these SPAC deals, I mean, we had the one SPAC deal done in cannabis, Mitch, where then they had to delist and they had to go to the OTC because the big exchange wouldn't let them because they were too big of a uh, cannabis company and didn't fit into the the rules so there it is there is it's med men there you go that's what i, I remember to talk that to. i remember there's, that name they're still yeah. around they're still yeah. around they're in the otc markets they're really really cheap the reason why they're really really cheap is they put themselves <laughs> carl's <laughs> i love you too carl um but no, i mean it's it's just a, a lesson though i'm sure carl learned it just like we all will can get a, a lesson out of it but we all have gone into companies that have just put in way too much debt. And once there's too much debt, it's just hard to get out. And, and then once you get to the point where your debt literally is higher than the revenue you can make in a year, I mean, you, you see what happens to a lot of these companies. But let's keep looking for new cannabis companies as we keep moving and see if really we get deregulation or legalization bill to even go across. Um, I, I think that's what you got to keep watching. Does this make cannabis stocks pop? Of course. I mean, they're going to pop. But the question is, is it a continuous change? I think we still got a little bit of time, Chris. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I just noticed, of course, you know, there's not many green ones today. And when you see the, the green from Clever Leaves and Weed mm -hmm. Maps, you have to think that the reason why is from those rumors. So, you know, and then we, we turn to the red. I know someone already mentioned, you know, uh, Virgin Galactic, of course, uh, down today, but it looks like it actually started moving up. I saw it down about 6% earlier. Um, I'm trying to find it on my list now. It looks like it's down about 3%. Um, Mitch, what about that Elon Musk news? Does that surprise you that uh, he booked a flight with Virgin Galactic, maybe over waiting for SpaceX to take him up instead or, you know, a Blue Origin? Well, I had heard, uh, I'm not sure I had to get that confirmed, but I had heard rumors that Elon actually went to uh, Branson, Branson's house and was hanging out yeah, with him. Yeah, he showed in the up kitchen. there barefoot in the kitchen. Barefoot in the kitchen. I heard that. So I, I didn't know how true that was, but definitely that that's, that's one thing that came onto my mind. I mean, if they're that kind of friends, yeah. why not? I mean... Yeah, it, it, it was kind of more of a jealous thing. I think it was like <laughs> you beat me to it, even though I have like one of the highest and, and nothing against Virgin Galactic. But SpaceX is, you know, it, it definitely leading. I, I'm not even going to go there and, and try to compare them. But he even himself, I think, gave a little bit of a jealousy kind of look to that. And he was like, man, you beat me to it. So uh, yeah, I, I need to get up there. <laughs> Yeah, and kind of like that comment, Mitch, there from Unstoppable Trainer, SpaceX and Virgin are different experiences. So, you know, we hear the criticism, right, that Virgin Galactic didn't go technically to space, right, because they didn't go, you know, past a certain line. SpaceX goes all the way up, right? So maybe, you know, must to begin, he, he doesn't want to go all the way up to space. He doesn't want to orbit. He doesn't want to go, you know, to the moon or anything. He just wants to see space. Right. And that's what the Virgin Galactic experience is right now. So, you know, he, he books a flight. Who knows when it'll happen? You know, but I again, I think that could be a huge event. Right. I mean, imagine the, the media when Elon Musk, you know, is going up to space on a Virgin Galactic flight. But, you know, we saw that big drop yesterday in shares, the, the share offering. Uh, you know, again, I talked about this on Friday. I, I'm long SPCE. I'm comfortable. You know, my my cost basis in the, the 27, 28 range, I sold and took some profits in the 50s. You know, I, I was not a huge fan, obviously, of hearing this share offering news yesterday. Um, but it is what it is. And now we kind of have to play the waiting game, right? If you're looking at space, because they have some catalysts coming, but none of them are going to happen right away with the exception of the Blue Origin flight on the 20th. Um, you know, I think we could see space get some interest, you know, from that Blue Origin flight. But uh, uh, another red day for SPCE today. 
Yep, another day where uh, you got to be watching those pre-market and after hours because if not, you can get caught in these stocks. So just be careful with that. And with that being said, always look at intraday's levels to kind of get where the stock is going and what the pattern is and how it's trading. All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep it going. SpaceX through SPAC. That would be something else, John. Oh, but- man. Yeah. <laughs> SpaceX going public, period, right? I mean, I I would take a traditional IPO of that one at, at this point, Mitch. I mean, I don't I, even I- think personally, <laughs> I think it never goes public, but. Yeah, well, I think we see Starlink go public first, right? His satellite unit from SpaceX, he's essentially said that that will IPO in the future first. Um, So I don't think SpaceX is going to happen until we, you know, hear that news first. But I I know there's some interest. They don't need the money. Right. Yeah. Usually you go public if you need money. Yeah. That's the truth. I mean, if you guys have never heard that before, that's a lot of the times why someone was going to go. We, public. I mean, Mitch, we hear that from CEOs when they come on our yep. show, right? Why a SPAC? You, you access to capital. Access you, you to know, capital. That's what it's about. Partnerships, you know, companies working with you, the pipe deals, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. why you go public. You get the money to support your growth. And, you know, that's what it is. So, yeah, I, I don't think SpaceX going public anytime soon, but, you know, to, to be determined, I guess. Hey, we'll, we'll we'll see if that one happens. I mean, I've always just said, what? Oh, I just look for anybody that partners with SpaceX, but that's just my personal opinion. So uh, let, let's go ahead and let's get into the, the watch list, see what we got on the downside. What's moving down? What possibilities are out there right now? Um, one that is moving down that I'm still stuck in, guys. I'm hanging out, guys. RSI. I know that a lot of people are looking at this one like, what's going on? What's going on is gambling's out of favor for right now. And I have no problem with that. I can hang on tight. I'm hanging on this one. I've averaged down pretty smartly in this one. I've averaged it at 1225s right now. I'm looking for a move underneath 11s for me to get another ad. If I could get that ad underneath 11s, then I'd bring my average cost basis probably down towards 1150. I'm more than okay with hanging out at those 1150s with a nice support underneath me at 11 from that first kind of breakout period. So as long as I can hang out there, I'm looking for a move even halfway back up this this hill, which is 26. So we're talking from 10 or 11 to 26. You're talking 15 bucks here. Let's go ahead and see if we can get back up there. Even about half of that $7 up Let's say somewhere between 18 and 16 is where we're looking to get on up there. We'll see if we can get on up there and get that profit. Another one to mention is, of course, that's an interesting one that's been pulling back massively is Arrival. I don't know if you've seen this big pullback recently, Chris. Yeah, we've seen, uh, you know, Proterra got hit yesterday. Mm-hmm. looks like Lion Electric getting hit today. Um, you know, the electric van, electric buses companies, you know, all getting hit. Uh, you know, we need to see some press releases, right? We need to hear some new deals. We need to see where is the revenue coming from? Do they have deals with cities? Do they have deals with the government? Guys, smash that like. We're getting so close to 100 right now. Let's get up to 100 uh, and, go, and go ahead and drop some tickers in the chat that we can hit right now. But uh, yeah, Mitch, what were you going to – oh, ChargePoint? ChargePoint yeah. had an offering, Yeah, right? share offering. So similar to Virgin Galactic yesterday, right? You, you, uh, you, know, you come out with a share offering and, and your shares get hit. And, you know, Mitch, we just talked about it, right? Companies need money. That's why they go public. And, you know, uh, a share offering doesn't necessarily make it a bad company. To me, it's about timing. So like Virgin Galactic, the share offering yesterday, real bad timing. ChargePoint share offering, I I don't know. I'm mixed on it, right? They they need money to build out their EV charging infrastructure. And I think they're going to get some support from the government too. So I was a little surprised to see the the large share offering from, from ChargePoint. And I am long CHPT still. All right, let's explain this for everybody out there so there's no confusion. Um, all the DMs and DMYDs and father of SPACs has too many SPACs because if there's causing <laughs> some confusion there. So yeah, DM, up for us. DMYI is Ion Q, quantum computing. DMYQ mm-hmm. is planet satellites, which we discussed yesterday. And, and then of course the previous ones, which I won't even say the previous tickers to confuse people, but Genius Sports, G-E-N-I and Rush Street interactive rsi so those are your four nicolo damasi spacs right now and he's got more on the way 
Yeah, definitely. Keep on watch. All right, let's go ahead and catch up with the chat, see what we're seeing there. Mentioned. Yeah, what do we got for ticker time? What do we got in the chat? I saw AGC being mentioned. That one's not looking the worst right now. Um, I did see that on the upside. Let's see what, how it's looking right now. Bouncing off that 11 doesn't look that bad just because you've got, got multiple levels to go off of down here at the $11.04. Let me go ahead and put this on the screen so you can see it. But $11.04 support right underneath there. So not a bad one. I mean, you're, 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 you're not looking at a too, too bad risk to return on this one. We'll see if this one can get running. All right, let's go to the next one up here. Let's go to PIPP. I don't think this one has made any announcement or any kind of rumor, right, Chris? Nope, no announcement, no rumor. I am long Pine Island acquisition. You know, they, they've got a great team. They're going after defense, government, and aerospace. Uh, I'm long. I think they get a good deal. They've got connections to the government, which, you know, Mitch, you talk government contracts and, you know, <laughs> deals all the time, right? I, I want to be in a SPAC that has some connections to land some government deals. So I'm, I'm still holding PIPP. Looks like Carl in the chat as well. Yeah, big contracts. That's all I got to say. <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's keep it going. Uh, PLTR, I can't wait. Guess what? You just might have to wait, bud, because it's not a SPAC. So I'll let that one go by. Uh, let's go to the next one. Up. Thumbs up, runner. The thumbs up, runners. Yeah, uh, SPFR. I, like I name right there. I, I, I'm still long SPFR, right? I, I like Velo 3D. I like the three D the three D printing. Uh, they they got some yeah Jaws, and they they got some deals with SpaceX, right, Mitch? Which I know you're a fan of, you know. So they're gonna print you know parts for rockets, and, and that gets me excited, right? Hey, a little spitfire in here not not a bad stock to definitely uh, who needs who needs a soundboard who needs a soundboard when you got mitch <laughs> in the house he, he's his own soundboard right now guys you already know how it was growing up with me chris but let's keep imagine. it going <laughs> let's keep it going there's some sofi action being mentioned here let's go ahead sofi sofi yeah, so SoFi, you- I mean, the, there's rumors of the bank charter coming in September. We're in July right now. You got two months, you, you know, so if you're looking at it, it, it depends on if you're playing the, the chart or if you're playing the story. Because if you're playing the chart, you know, where we're, we keep coming down and setting new lows. If you're playing the story, you've got the potential bank charter coming, which I think is one of the biggest catalysts, you know, in the history of SoFi. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, guys. Get those likes up. Let's get it to 100. Now, one of the things that I always use whenever I'm seeing a stock coming down and I want to figure out a level to go off of, instead of being worried so much about the daily chart, I'll go back to the monthly or weekly. Right here, you can see a monthly support that should come back down closer towards 14. That's going to be the area where I'll start paying attention to SoFi again. Why? Because I'll be able to look at this big green bar and go off of that low, which is 1180s. And at least giving me a little ability to start measuring risk being smaller than my return, which is what you always want to be looking for when you're looking at some charts. All right, let's go ahead. Let's see what other ones being mentioned in the chat. Chris, if you want, you can pick one. I don't mind. Yeah. Oh, what do we got? I, I see. Last, last one here. Last one here before we wrap up. I see FTCV, right? So eToro. Um, we have that vote coming up. Um, you know, we've got the Robinhood IPO. Uh, you know, I think that could be a, a good pair trade, but also CV, there's right? the potential. Uh, yeah, FTCV. There's the potential that the Robinhood IPO does mm. not do as well you know, as it may have done a year or two ago, because they do have some people out there that are not fans of the company, which could hurt all these broker stocks. So what do you what do you think, Mitch? Robinhood IPO uh, successful or not? And how will it impact a company like this? Multiple lows in the 1050s. I'll be looking for 11 to hold this month. If that holds, it should be looking good to start pushing on up and testing that 1250 again. It's not a bad one to take a look at on the monthlies. I definitely take a look at that. Um, You are getting that downward action. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that crypto and, and for a lot of this, when crypto turned back around, you saw the volumes really drop off. So that's the concern here. Um, and that's what I'll be paying attention to. One thing that you do keep in mind, though, is uh, eToro is moving into kind of the U.S. side. Uh, and I think that should be sometime at the end of this year. Right, Chris, if I'm to be correct? Yep, that's their timeline right now. U.S. later this year. 
Okay, so that's what we'll be paying attention to. I think that's the biggest thing to watch for because right now it's crypto. And crypto is fine, but as the volume of trading moves out of the crypto, you need some volume of trading to come back so that you can be making those little pennies and, and showing it up on the revenue. So pay attention to that. That's going to be it for us today on the SPACs attack. We covered SPAC warrants. So if you guys are just joining in here, definitely check out SPACs attack. We went through SPAC warrants. Chris went through a lot of them under $1. So definitely if you guys wanted to check that out and you're just joining in, well, smash the like button and we'll get you over to the power hour. But like always, we try to do our best here on SPACs Attack, giving you calendars, whatever we can do. You guys let us know in the comments below and definitely hit up Chris. Let him know. What's your top SPAC? Let, who knows? Maybe you might get an answer. You might get an answer. See you guys. See you next time, guys.